Hello and welcome our dear listener. This is the New Life program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. And this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. We have a great show lined up for you. Thanks for joining us. I am your host, Nixon Ratemo. We are more than glad that you are tuned in. Today, Brother Emmanuel Sande will be talking about hyperactive child on the health talk. Then later on, Ian Muse will join us in the Bible segment with the topic, Obey the Laws of Nature. But first, let's get the song, Shangwe, by Hosanna Melody Singers. Stay tuned. Be blessed. Shangwe, shangwe, Oh, 
sana biro biro yesu wa serito That was Shangwe by Hosanna Melody Singers. You are listening to the New Life program. Here comes Emmanuel Sunday with more on the hyperactive child. Remember, health is wealth. Stay tuned and be educated. Hello and welcome to our health slots. In our program today, we're going to talk about hyperactive child. Hyperactivity in children is a common childhood disorder involving from 3 to 10% of school children in this country. It's a modern society disease developing from features in our lifestyle as well as our mode of living. The majority of cases are in males. Treatment with stimulant drugs is probably worse for the child than the illness since under the influence of the drugs, the personality is altered, many becoming compulsive, goody-goodies, sensitive to discipline, and incapable of proper use of the mind. Hyperactive children may be growth-retarded. A large percentage of hyperactive children have a high blood level, a low blood sugar, anemia, impaired achievement, and defective breakdown of stress hormones in the body, indicative of a multiple system disorder, not just neuromuscular, digestive, or nervous system. Social factors are more and more obvious as intensifiers of hyperactivity, early schooling, bickering, or broken home, sibling problems. Family problems should never be discussed in the hearing of children. Fathers as well as mothers are needed by children, especially beginning at about age five. Fathers should give some of their leisure hours to their sons. 
There are often inadequate external controls in the parental environment reflected by such things as eating between meals, poor food quality, temper, flare-ups, and no set pattern of life. As far as possible, eliminate such intensely stimulating factors in the life as TV, comics, radio, stereo, competitive games, and a noisy home environment and city living. Inconsistent discipline and unwise supervision lead to poor personal control. Have few rules for the child, but strictly enforce them. Disarray and clutter confusion children and lead to poor performance. Keep home furnishings few, no knickknacks, and make everything the child's eye rests upon neat and orderly. An irregular schedule upsets the natural biologic time clock. Have set times for all major events, bedtime and rising time, exercise time, meal time, bath time, story time, etc. Irregularity may seem a small thing to the parents, but takes a great toll on the child's nervous system. Don't place the child in an unfamiliar surroundings at night. He should go to bed in his own bed every night. Have no other in his bed. Spend the night parties are fashionable, but are unhelpful both physically as well as socially. Plan some other type of social activity. The child should not be expected to do activities beyond his ears, such as learning to read, being responsible for a younger child, etc. Schooling for these special children should be delayed until physical maturity indicates ability to concentrate for long periods, usually about 8 to 10 years of age. To start schooling earlier usually results in an unhappiness for all and in the child's forming a mental image of himself as a poor achiever, slow learner, and an unliked by others. Certain hyperactive children have become more calm and easier to control when foods poor in B vitamins, junk foods, food additives, and rich irritating foods have been removed from their diets. Many adults report a similar calming effect of a simple diet. Dietary factors now known to be related to the development of hyperactivity are malnutrition, especially over nutrition and selective overfeeding of certain nutrients such as white flour and white rice products, boxed cereals, sweet food or drink, rich foods, food colorings, flavorings and richness, and preservatives. Vitamin and mineral supplements are stimulating to some. Stomach irritants, such as pepper, spices, baking soda, caffeine-containing drink, drinks, chocolate, and any foods that disagree with the child, milk becoming a common offender, and animal products as well. The habit of overuse of sweets begins in the hospital nursery with sugar water. Breastfeeding is all the baby needs for the first six months. Since certain children are sensitive to eggs and milk, it's worth a strict trial of six weeks without either of these or any of their products or any of their products. Read food labels carefully. Similarly, since meats have stimulating guanine, and other purine substances in them, during the same six-week trial period, eliminate all flesh foods from the diet. Supply the place of animal products with plenty of greens, whole grains, and legumes such as beans, peas, and peanuts. Oils, fried foods, marinades, and margarine are also rich foods which can imbalance the diet and may be entirely eliminated. Use no lard, often found in harmonized peanut butter, bread, and crackers. Improper clothing of the child is the cause of discomfort and hyperactivity. The arms and legs, hands and ears should always be as warm as the forehead. There should be no patches of cold skin anywhere on the body. Tight bands must be avoided. If clothing leaves a red mark on the skin, it's too tight. There should not be more layers of clothing on the trunk than on their other extremities. Similarly, the child should not be overclothed. 
When the temperature rises, the clothing should be adjusted. Multiple layers of thinner garments are better than one or two thick garments. Dear listener, we thank you for tuning in, and until next time, it's bye and God bless you. If you are just joining us, this is the New Life Program with me, Nixon Ratemo, your host, coming to you live from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. It is a pleasure to have you with us. If you wish to drop us any comments, suggestions, or ask any question, do so through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00. 100 Nairobi, Kenya or email us on awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org And now, here is a song Buana Yesu by Hosanna Melody Singers. Remember, you are listening to the New Life Program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi and this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Don't change the channel.
Thanks so much for choosing our station. We are because you are. And now, please join me as I welcome Ian Muse for the Bible segment with his message, Obey the Laws of Nature. Be blessed. My dear listener, hope you are doing fine. I am a presenter, Ian Muse, and our topic is Obeying the Laws of Nature. Welcome and feel at the feet of Jesus Christ. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19-20 to the Bible gives a simple, concise answer to the question of premature disability in death. Millions would still be alive today had they but heeded the warning of God in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his, high in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Why then do we see so much suffering and disease in the world today? The answer is that the majority are violating the laws of their being. Just as surely as the laws of nature operate, so there are laws of our body that are also predictable and certain. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Galatians 6 verse 7 If a person falls from the roof, the law of gravity immediately takes over. Regardless of age, sex, or financial status, that fallen body will hurtle downward to be injured or killed. In the same way, if we violate the laws of our body, we may accept the inevitable consequences of sickness or death. Effect is always preceded by a cause. To those who have seriously studied the counsels of God and the current world health trends, there is no deep misery. 
experts are puzzled that cancer has continued its spiral increase. While many diseases have been greatly reduced and some eliminated altogether, cancer has mushroomed. Even with unprecedented funding and research, there have been few significant breakthroughs in curbing the growth of this deadly malignancy. The Apostle Paul wrote, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 Isn't that amazing? God is concerned about such small matters as what and how and when we feed our body system. The Bible reveals that God did not fabricate the delicate human machine and then leave it to operate alone. He has never released his ownership of the creative process or of the product itself. These words reveal that the proper care of our body is not only a spiritual obligation but a moral requirement. Even though we have control of our bodies, they do not really belong to us. We are only stewards of someone else's property. No man has a right to say, I'll do as I please with my own body and it is my business alone. We can rob God by violating the divine purpose of the body, temple being the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Paul refers to both the church and the individual member when he says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 to 17. This forever settles that a person can be lost for defiling the property of God. But how much does the average individual know about his own body and how to take care of it? Doesn't it seem strange to you that the average parent knows more about the physical needs of the chickens in the pen or a dog in the house? than he does about the needs of his own children. The average man knows more about the needs of his autom automobile than he does about the physical needs of his own family. Why is there such an incredible amount of ignorance concerning the way to take care of this sacred body temple? The Bible assures us that the human body is to be cared for, preserved and maintained according to the rules laid down in the The trouble is that most Americans simply follow the appetite in matters of eating and drinking. What are the guidelines laid down in the Bible about caring for and feeding the body? God asks the question, Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Eat ye that which is good. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 2 And how can we tell what is good? Surely not by the taste or the advertising or by colorful labels. Most Americans, following the law of appetite, hastily fill their groceries baskets with the products that have been most loudly touted by the TV hawkers. With no regard to content, they collect everything that appeals to the taste and sight. As little baby birds open their mouths to whatever mama will put in, so the gullible consumers blindly accept the choices of the media marketers. Some have asked why God created the pig if it should not be eaten. The answer to that is self-evident. The pigs, along with buzzard, snakes and hyenas, are great scavengers of the earth's filth and refuse. All creatures serve a purpose, but all are not suitable for assimilation into the human system as food. We may not be able to figure that out in our own wisdom, but the counsels of God have revealed it beyond all doubt or question. Arguments have been advanced that there is better sanitation since God made those Old Testament laws and the pig is now quite fit to be eaten. One is hard put to believe that land or sea animals have become less polluted by this passing of time. Today, 
there are chemical poisons infecting land, sea and atmosphere to such an alarming degree that constant government directives are being issued. Environmentalists keep us posted hour by hour on the massive accumulation of deadly pesticides, insecticides and other contaminants in every order of nature. Again, we are faced with the reassuring truth that all of us can add years to our lives by simply obeying the practical, ageless principles laid down by our Creator in the Bible. Rather than feeling cheated or shortchanged, we ought to rejoice that God loves us enough to share with us His secrets of long life and happiness. The Apostle John wrote, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. First John chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. My good friend, Christ loves you so much, and for that reason he has given you commands that are not burdensome, but they make life enjoyable and lead us to the everlasting kingdom. It's my desire that you can faithfully obey this law of liberty. Above all, remember that God loves you so much. Be blessed. Thank you, listener, for your time. I was your presenter, Ian Musa. Thank you for staying tuned throughout this show. I hope that you are really blessed. We value your feedback. Send them to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100-Nairobi-Kenya Until next time, I've been your host, Nixon Ratemo. God bless you so much.
Sana tomo goshe, ine tore a otani.